Hello and welcome back to Nothing But Airtime. I'm your host, Cole Rains. We are walking through this beautiful Halloween week. We are back with a guest. Last week we had guests from Off The Ball Network, Mo and JP. Great episode. If you have not listened to it, we did a 90s draft, drafting some of the best players, teams, coaches, and uniforms of the 90s. Hey, we even drafted some shoes. So let us know what we missed there. Go check out that last week. But this week we have Snotty dripping on, and he's going to help us do a little MC Hammer time as we're breaking down who is too legit and who must quit through the first week of action. But before we get into the interview with Snotty, it is Halloween week, and that means fictional basketball battles are back. I have tweeted a, two different teams, the Cleveland Stabileers and the Dallas Monsters, and they are facing off. They have attributes, the whole nine, heights, weights, whatever you want to see. It is on our Twitter, at nothing but airtime. You want to go check that out. So I'm going to get into that matchup, kind of break down what I think NBA comparisons would be to some of those scary movie characters. And all of that is going to be sponsored by Anchor. Without Anchor, we would not be here right now. So before we get into the show, before we start rumbling, a word for our friends at Anchor. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Like I said, it is Halloween week, folks. I tweeted out the fictional basketball teams. We have the Cleveland Stabileers and the Dallas Monsters. I'm going to be breaking down each of the matchups, giving you some NBA comparisons, some attributes, the whole nine, like I said. A lot of fun. I hope you guys go vote on who you think wins that matchup getting into some scary movie talk. We've been straying away from the fictional stuff a little bit now that the NBA is back. Let's have a little fun. Scary movies are the hit right now. So we're going to start with the Cleveland Stabileers. I went with a slashing lineup here and standing at a minuscule three foot one, only 16 pounds. We have Chucky the Doll as the Cleveland point guard. Hard over height here, and he's got elite defensive ability, and he gets into the other players' minds quite a bit. If you have not seen Childs play, he's quite the talker. I'm giving him the Gary Payton comparison. You don't want to match up against Chucky. You don't want to see him on another team, but you love him on your team. Gary Payton, the Chucky doll, is my point guard for the Cleveland Stabileers. Even smaller than Chucky now, though, we're heading to the shooting guard position. We have Billy from Saw, the puppet. You might know him as Jigsaw's real name is actually Billy. His three-point shooting is pretty well. He's, He's able to play off the main star. Billy plays off Jigsaw, the man who controls Billy in the movies. So he's drawn a comparison to me, Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher played off of Kobe Bryant in the NBA Finals, played him with the Lakers, and he was able to shoot the three. I love the comparison. Billy from Saw, Derek Fisher is the two guard. We've got Gary Payton and Derek Fisher on the NBA world, and we've got Chucky and Billy as the fictional basketball world. Headed to the small forward, Ghostface from Scream is the slashing small forward we needed. At 5'10", 131 pounds, the size isn't there, but the skill set is. He's athletic, he can get to the rim, and he's getting the comparison. He's a little smaller than him, but Tracy McGrady, this is exactly what we want. He can shoot, he can get to the rim, his defense is there. He's very versatile, can play the two or the three. I love Ghostface on this team. Tracy McGrady in the NBA world, Ghostface in the fictional basketball world. The power forward out of Crystal Lake. Yes, that's right. We're going with Jason Voorhees. He stands at a monstrous 6'5 and a hefty 275. Imagine that running at you. 
swimming in Crystal Lake. That's scary stuff for me. I'm not a huge horror movie fan, but I do love the slashers. It's my guilty pleasure. And Jason Voorhees was always one of my favorites. If it's a Friday the 13th, watch out. He's going to be on his best ball. Uh, but that hefty size and some elite defense, I'm going to give him the Rasheed Wallace comparison. And, and while we're at it, the my center, he's 6'9", 230. He may be a little undersized for the center position, but defensively, he's going to protect the house, and nothing's going to stop him. I've got Michael Myers, and Michael Myers drew the Ben Wallace comparison. So in the fictional realm for this Halloween team, for the Cleveland Stabileers, Chucky is our point guard. Billy from Saw is our shooting guard. Ghostface is our small forward. The power forward is Jason Voorhees, and the center is Michael Myers. But in the NBA realm, looking at the NBA comparisons to this team, we have Gary Payton, Derek Fisher, Tracy McGrady, Rasheed Wallace, and Ben Wallace. Defense is there. Scoring ability is there. The pick and roll with Tracy McGrady and Rasheed Wallace, Gary Payton, and Ben Wallace. The defense is elite. This team, it's going to be tough to beat, so let's see what the Dallas Monstars are bringing. Looking at the Dallas Monsters, Chucky gets a doll matchup. And, and maybe they fall in love. They're horror movies and they're both dolls. The point guard is 3'6 and 42 pounds. 3'6, 42 pounds. And it's going to be Annabelle, the doll from The Conjuring. She's not a lead at many things. She's not a very good scorer, not a very good passer, is not that great at defense. But you know what she does? She gets into opponents' heads. We saw it in The Conjuring movies, and she's going to do it on the court too, folks. And for that reason, not a lead at a lot outside of getting into people's heads and being annoying. Patrick Beverly, folks. Annabelle and the Patrick Beverly comparison, rounding out the fictional and NBA comparison for the Dallas point guard position. At the shooting guards, it's easily the Dallas Monsters' best player. He's fast, he has shooting ability, and his claw hands make for some elite defense. At 5'8", it is Freddy Krueger. He's good at almost everything. He's just an average shooter, but the elite defense is going to haunt certain players' dreams, just like it does in the movies. Because of that elite defensive ability and the ability to put the ball in the basket, one man kept Michael Jordan in shackles, and I'm going with Joe Dumars for Freddy Krueger's NBA comparison. So the Patrick Beverly, Joe Dumars matching up with the Gary Payton, Derek Fisher. A little interesting there. Annabelle and Freddy Krueger against the much smaller Chucky and Billy from Saw. At the small forward, you're going to have to match up with Ghostface. Ghostface, I think, is easily the best player on the court for this matchup, but that's why that the Dallas Monsters, they went down to hell. They got their small forward. It's going to be Pinhead, and he's an incredible athlete. Defense may not be that good, but he's got a pretty good shooting stroke, and for that reason, it's Grant Hill. It's Grant Hill with needles in his head, guys. He's not. He's a little stiff, but he, he can get to the rim. He's got some speed, some strength, and he's got a pretty good shot. Minus the injuries, Pinhead and Grant Hill. Grant Hill, Tracy McGrady, an all-time matchup when both of them are in their primes. Now we got Ghostface and Pinhead, another all-time matchup with both in their primes. Matching up with the Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, big man comp. It's, it's going to have to be the Dallas Monsters are going to have a lot to do. And you know what they did? They went out and got a versatile power forward. Their power forward is actually smaller than their small forward. But versatility plays at 6'4", 159. Pennywise the Clown from It is their small or their power forward, excuse me, their little small power forward, playing, kind of playing that positionless basketball Dallas is, getting a little creative. And, and that versatility in defense and, and the ability to get into people's heads, much like that Patrick Beverly comparison, I'm giving the Draymond Green comparison to the Pennywise of the world, the starting power forward for the Dallas Monsters. And at center, folks, he's 
eight feet tall. He's easily the defensive anchor. He has minimal offensibility, though. It's Frankenstein. How can you have a Halloween lineup without the original monster himself, Frankenstein? And I think the NBA comparison is pretty simple here. He's tall. He's a defensive anchor. And he's just going to catch lobs. It's Rudy Gobert, folks. Rudy Gobert gets the Frankenstein comp. So you have Draymond Green and Rudy Gobert as the big men for the Dallas Monsters matching up against Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace. Big men duo for the Stabiliers. Now, breaking down position by position, obviously you guys can go vote on who you think wins at nothing but airtime, N-O-T-H-I-N-B-T-A-I-R-T-I-M-E on Twitter, Facebook, Halftime, Reddit, wherever you get my content, go vote. But going down matchup by matchup, Chucky versus Annabelle is an interesting one. Annabelle actually has the size on Chucky, three foot six, 42 pounds, and Chucky's only three foot one, 16 pounds. I think I still am going with Chucky. Hard over height here, elite defensive ability, and if he gets the knife, I don't know how Annabelle's going to stop it. I don't know how Annabelle's going to stop it. So Chuck went up for the Cleveland Stabiliers. I think the point guard position is much better for them. The shooting guard position is very easily the Dallas Monsters to win. I don't see Billy stopping Joe Dumars, Freddy Krueger, whatever you want to that NBA comparison. I don't see that happening. Freddy Krueger is the second best player on the court behind Ghostface. I think that is a matchup where the Dallas Monsters are just going to have to exploit. They're just going to have to. And I think Freddy Krueger is going to be the star of the Monsters. He's going to be around that 25 and 8. And he's just, he's going to be in defending everybody. The versatility on that team is awesome between him, Grant Hill, and Draymond Green. <laughs> Freddy Krueger, Pinhead, and Pennywise, excuse me. Sorry. NBA world, Halloween world, getting all mixed up, but a lot of fun nonetheless. Ghostface, I think, gets the nod at the small forward over Pinhead. It's a lot closer than when we first imagined, but I think that is the best player on the court. 2-1 Cleveland Stabiliers with the advantage being point guard and small forward for the Stabiliers, shooting guard for the Dallas Monsters. At the power forward position, Jason Voorhees against... Pennywise, you know, Pennywise, that versatility, it's going to be, he's going to get into Rasheed Wallace's head, Rasheed Wallace, Jason Voorhees head. I, we've seen it. We've seen Voorhees get beat many Friday, the 13th. We've seen Pennywise take down the likes of many different characters in his movies. I actually like Pennywise in this matchup over Voorhees. I'm giving the nod to Pennywise. And then at the center position, it's basically what defender do you like more? We have Michael Myers at 6'9", 230. We have Frankenstein at 8 foot tall, 310 pounds. I think the versatility with Ben Wallace actually shakes this out. For the Cleveland Stabiliers, I think the versatility in the three-point shooting is going to be a lot better for that team. However, getting in the paint is going to be tough when you have Frankenstein standing at 8 feet tall in the restricted area. I know where my vote's going. I voted for the Cleveland Stabiliers. Chucky. Jason, Michael Myers, Ghostface, Billy from Saw. They have all the recognizable names where you go to the monsters. Annabelle's a little bit of a newer character. And Freddy Krueger haunts my dreams still to this day. And of course, Pinhead, that's a little less known movie compared to Scream and the Friday the 13th and the holidays. Pennywise, it, a lot of love for that movie. But it's it doesn't have the lure that a Friday the 13th or Halloween does. And obviously Frankenstein. I think... The popular vote will go to the Cleveland Stabiliers, especially with the new Halloween coming out, which I've heard mixed reviews about. I still have to watch it. But my vote goes to the Stabiliers. Nonetheless, a lot of fun for a Halloween fictional basketball battle. After the 
break. Actually, after an ad for a new friend, we have a new friend on the podcast. It is BetUS. We're going to get into that here shortly. We have been putting out bets on our Twitter page at Nothing But Airtime, and we've been actually pretty good. We are over 50% in our record, and we are in the green for our profits. So we're going to continue putting those out. So if you want to tail us, awesome. If you don't, awesome. I'll give you a promo code in the ad after the break here. But please, please, please go vote for your fictional Halloween team, your favorite. It's it's a lot of fun. And let me know who you think should have been made the roster. I know the Hannibal Lecters of the world, the girl from the Exorcist was uh, left off the list. And there's, I'm sure there's plenty more. I went with the top guys, the top 10 off a list online. But hey, there's everyone's got their fix. So let me know who missed and who you like, who you dislike. That's it for the fictional basketball side. After the word for our new friends at BetUS, we're going to get into our interview with Snotty Drippin, where we're doing too legit or must quit. We're swiping on 12 teams, eight players, and we're going to be talking if they're going to be too legit at the end of the year or they must quit now. All that will be after a word for our friends at BetUS. BetUS.com.pa is a privately held online gambling company that offers sports betting, casino games, and horse racing. And as of October 2020, BetUS is an A-rated sportsbook on SportsbookAdvisor.com. And I've had the pleasure of teaming up with BetUS. They're the premier sponsor, the premier sportsbook for our podcast here at Nothing But Airtime. I've been giving you my best bets using BetUS. And you can tail these bets using BetUS as well with promo code AIRTIME to get a 100% bonus. What's up, guys? We're back and we're with Snotty Drippin'. He is the man with no name. He is one half of the Dunk Tales podcast. Snotty, how are you doing today? What's up, my brother? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Most people don't listen to me at all. So any chance I get to talk and people are a captive audience, I'm in. Well, I'm glad you're here, man. I love your work. You got a lot of fun on Twitter, tweeting up a storm. I'm a big fan of it. You're not here to argue. I'm not here to argue. And it is hammer time on the podcast, actually. And we're going to break down 12 teams, eight players. We're talking if they're legit or they must quit. Got 12 teams. We're going to start in the West Coast. I'm going to open it up to you, the Los Angeles Lakers. Are they going to figure it out? Uh, I'm going to say they're going to figure it out because, I mean, it's LeBron James and it's Anthony Davis. Um, The Russell Westbrook fit is a square peg in a round hole. But, you know, LeBron is LeBron. Um, So uh, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I say that, uh, you know, they'll they'll figure it out. They'll streamline it, get the rotations down. Russell's going to play better. I think so. I, you know, I, I'm a little worried about it. I don't know if Russ is the guy there. And you got DeAndre Jordan, Anthony Davis playing together. And Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis are fighting on the bench. I think this is going to be a, a LeBron GM takeover here come the trade deadline. I, I got them as must quit, man. I don't think they're going to win the Western Conference Finals. I really don't. Um, oh, well, if that's you know what? If that is the, uh, the, the litmus test, I, I might be with you. Um, but I'm just looking at, like, the Nuggets, right? We don't know what Jamal Murray's going to look like when he gets back. The Jazz, famously, once they get to the playoffs and they can be exploited and pick and roll and, and they, teams can go five out and give Rudy Gobert trouble. So um, I, I will still say it's a toss-up, but I do think they're going to play much better here soon. 
See, I, the Jazz thing worries me as well, but I actually like their moves they made this offseason. They got Rudy Gay. They got Eric Paschal. They can go that small ball five now a little bit. Now it's just a matter of if Donovan Mitchell is going to take that next step in the playoffs. We've seen him show flashes if he can be that superstar in the playoffs. I actually think they got as good a chance of anybody to win the West. You brought up the Nuggets. We'll go there next. I'm a little worried about the Nuggets. You brought it up with Jamal Murray, but the other guy that plays next to Nikola Jokic, who's a superstar in his own right, is Michael Porter Jr. He's not had that breakout game yet. What are your thoughts? Uh, I think that, you know, the, the weight of a new contract, the new expectations put upon him uh, early in the season. I, I normally say I give teams 15 to 20 games before I give them any kind of real analysis. So I think the Jazz start off pretty, I'm not Jazz, the Nuggets start off pretty slow last year too, like for, through the first maybe 30 or 40 games. And they kind of took caught fire late. So, um, you know, Jokic's Jokic. I, I don't, I'm not the biggest uh, Nuggets fan and Jokic fan, but I can't, the guy can play. And I think Michael Porter Jr. at his height and his size, once he gets into a groove, I, I predict around game 10, he's going to have a real breakout game and start rolling. So I think the Nuggets, like you, they have just as good a chance as the Jazz and, you know, right there with the Lakers right now making the finals. You, you know, Jamal Murray, who knows what that's going to come back looking like. But I, I think they need another guard. We'll see what happens moving forward. I just don't like their guard depth outside of Murray. You know, you got guys like Austin Rivers and Facundo Campazzo getting big minutes in playoff situation last year. I don't know what it's going to take, but they need some more help there. I, that's my worry with them. That guard depth is just putrid over there. So, yeah, I think if Murray comes back at least 80, 85 percent of what he was, um, and now everything kind of resets, right? Now, now Austin's coming off the bench versus playing big minutes and and uh, Composite is a spot, you know, bench guy instead of, I think Murray coming back and at least being partially healthy makes everything make sense a lot better for them. So that's, that's where it's going to be. Once he gets back, I'm going to give him 15 games after that, and then we'll kind of judge where they are. Absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's interesting with the Nuggets too. There, I have them in that mid tier and, and I, these next two teams, I, we, I'm going to bring up here. I have in that mid tier as well. The Memphis Grizzlies, I'm going to start with, are you buying all the John Morant? This is the year they're going to make the playoffs, not be that playing team. Um, I don't know if I buy that part, but I definitely buy John Morant, the kids electric and not just dazzling as putting on a show. He's very effective. You can't stop him going to the hole. He can finish a myriad of ways, and he's, he's just, he has it. There's a certain it factor. He is a future, you know, maybe superstar. Um, and once you get a – once we get um, – what's the kid's name? Once we get – Dylan Brooks. Uh, Jaren Jackson Jr. Yeah, Jaren Jackson Jr. healthy again and, like, back up to speed and Dylan Brooks comes back, they – you know, they're definitely an up-and-comer. I, I, I think they're better than just a play-in squad. I absolutely agree. I think they are legit this year. I think they are going to be that playoff four to five seed. I actually think they're going to beat out the Nuggets, have a better record at the end of the year, just because of that injury and the guard issues we were talking about with Denver. Uh, moving down a little bit in the power rankings, I guess we could call it. The Minnesota Timberwolves have started off hot. Anthony Edwards is looking like a true young talent again. Car Anthony Towns looks great. Are you buying it? I know it's early, but is this going to continue moving forward? This team's going to progress into a play-in team. Is that is that? You know what? Something about Carl Anthony Towns. I love his. I love his determination. I know the guy's been through a lot the last couple of years, and he he is one of the best shooting big men we've ever seen, best scoring big men we've ever seen. But I watch him, and he's he has such an awkward way about him, and defensively he's like way worse than you think he would be. Um, he doesn't like physicality, and the main problem I think is D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell to me is the epitome of an empty stat, empty calorie kind of guy. Other than that one year with the Nets where they made the playoffs, he's always been a – he'll give you 20, but he doesn't get to the free throw line. He doesn't defend. 
Um, you know, it, it, I think he's the weak link there. And so I think they're going to be, you know, more of a playing team than say like the Memphis Grizzlies. Absolutely. And you talk about their two and one, everybody's kind of buying in a little bit. They beat the Pelicans and the Rockets nine out of their next 10 are against the Bucks, Nuggets, Clippers, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Lakers. We're going to see this team if it's true or not right away. So I'm not buying it. I don't think, I think they're going to be a must quit. I don't know if they're going to be a playoff team this year. We'll see. We'll see. I agree with you. I, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in them until they prove it. And it would, I love Anthony Edwards. I'm going to say that uh, that kid is a future, a future star also. Like I think in, in two years, he's definitely more impactful. In fact, this year he might be more impactful than uh, D'Angelo Russell. And, and, you know, you talk about having to tear that team down. Basically, I'm going to ask you the question. Are you building around Carl Anthony Towns? Are you building around Anthony Edwards? I think obviously they might, they'll probably keep them both, but who, if you had, a, if you had your pickings, which one would you rather have? Um, honestly, me just for the, just for the youth and, you know, he's on a rookie scale contract and, you know, I, I would definitely say Anthony Edwards, but Towns, it's, it's, it's such an odd thing. Cause he's been historically great at so many things. And the team has just stunk with him as a centerpiece. So sooner or later, I think you want, you might want to just switch direction. Absolutely. I, I think, yeah, rookie scale contract, you said it, you get that and you can put, I think Anthony Edwards, you put shooters around, you don't, he is the playmaker on that team, whereas Cat's not as much as the playmaker. He is that spot shooter that is very elite at it, but he's not, you kind of need that playmaker to play with him, whereas Anthony Edwards is the guy that's going to create the offense. So I'm with you. I think Anthony Edwards is the piece I'm building around as well. Yeah, if you look at like the modern NBA, man, it's all about having big attacking wings, you know. LeBron James is the epitome and the prototype. Kevin Durant is the aberration. But, you know, you would love a guy like, like Luka Doncic, even though he's played as point guard, as a wing, Jason Tatum. You like to have a big guy who can make things happen uh, on the perimeter. And, you know, Anthony Edwards fits that mold perfectly. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talked about the West. We went Lakers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, T-Wolves, talked to Little Jazz. We're going to go East now. Chicago Bulls are 4-0. How about it? Are you buying it? I know it's early, but they've beaten some bad teams, and, and the defense looks legit, but I don't know if this team is going to be as good as what people think moving forward. Um, I think they are legit. Uh, they have, you know, Zach Levine is a flawed uh, kind of all-star. I think DeRozan is a flawed, you know, has his, has his foibles. You got guys like uh, uh, Lonzo Ball, who has his issues, but I think all together they kind of over like they they cover each other's weaknesses, and there's a certain synergy growing there. Once uh, what's his name, Vucevic? Once Vucevic kind of gets his gets it rolling a little bit, yeah, like that's that's a very very capable team. I think Patrick Williams is going to be kind of like the the glue guy to make it all kind of stick together and work. I I and uh and um uh, what's the kid's the guy's name from uh, the Lakers uh, guard Caruso. <laughs> A little crap yeah no I don't I'm not a big cruiser fan but on a team like this in that kind of role I think everything just kind of works there and they're making it happen and their defense has been surprisingly good I'm going to say they're legit uh, you know we'll wait and see they much like the Timberwolves they're getting the mean stretch of the Knicks Jazz Celtics Sixers twice Nets Mavericks Warriors Clippers Lakers that's their next 10 in a row so that's gonna be a tough time so another we're gonna see right away if this team is going to be able to keep up with some of the top contenders in the NBA I, I, I can't I can't make a, a ruling on it. I, I need to watch some of those games. But like you said, I'm excited about this team. I, I grew up in Chicago. There's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz around it. So I'm excited that the Bulls are in national media again. So, yeah, I'm really happy to see Lonzo Ball hit somewhere that um he kind of fits and like the the expectations are off and he's playing free. He's actually shooting the ball great. I I, I think he's uh, he's going to be the key to their success because of his defense and him hitting threes. 
Absolutely. He could play off Levine a little bit too. It's just a good, like you said, they, the weaknesses overlap each other and it, it's, it's going to make a lot of sense moving forward. I just got I, a lot of people, a lot of pieces, I guess, that haven't won on their own team. So it's hard to make me think they're going to win together. I guess that's DeRozan on the Raptors, Levine on the Bulls, Vukovic on the Magic, Lonzo on the Pelicans and the Lakers. So it's, it's kind of a weird mesh of guys that haven't really had their own success playing together. So I like it. Charlotte Hornets talking about the ball brothers. Charlotte Hornets are three and one and they beat the Nets and the Nets and the Celtics. Excuse me. Two legit or must quits, Naughty. Oh, I'm sorry. They did not beat the Celtics. Nice. Try. Oh, my fault. Um, they lost to the Celtics. They, they lost a close game. They beat the Cavaliers. That's what it was. My fault. As a Celtics fan, I can't let you go there. We need yes. that win. Uh, I think they. Now, what, what's our definition of legit here? Because I think, um, as we saw last year, they were they would have been playoff bound, I believe, if Gordon Hayward didn't get hurt. So uh, I think I'm, legit here. I'm, I'm sorry, thinking not a not a playing team. They're going to be a playoff team, similar to the Grizzlies. Yeah, I think so. I think they're legit. Um, again, because uh, once they get Terry Rozier back, they go about six, almost seven deep of quality, like almost starter level players. Uh, Lonzo Ball is a, a special talent. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a, I, I could say he's probably going to be a future superstar with his passing and his shot making. Uh, Gordon Hayward is, a, is like a consummate pro. We just talked about the prototypical big wings. They have Gordon Hayward and Miles Turner. I mean, not Miles Turner, uh, Miles, Miles Bridges. Bridges. Yeah, big bodies who can, like live bodies who can, who can do a lot of things on the court. Uh, PJ Washington, another one of those guys, you know, he's versatile. They have such versatility and, uh, you know, they, they, they play a really, uh, hard to guard style of ball with cuts and an off ball movement and uh, Terry Rozier gets back and he has another scoring factor like a, a creator off the bounce like I, I really like what they're, they're doing there in Charlotte. Absolutely and when you talk about versatility my bar in the Eastern Conference is do you got do you have guys that can defend Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo because those are the two teams that you're going to have to see in the playoffs if you want to win the East. I think the Nets do I think Miles Bridges defensively he's not sound but he has the body type to do so PJ Washington and then of course you said consummate pro Gordon Hayward can throw his weight around on defense as well. They're one of the best passing teams in the East. I love James Brago. I'm with you. I think they're a legit playoff contender. I think they're going to be in that four to five seed. Them and the Grizzlies, I see having pretty equal seasons with LaMelo and Ja taking both big leaps forward. Uh, you nailed it. Um, I, I just, I, I think I, I, I like the Hornets a little bit more just because of their depth. Um, I think, you know, the, their guys are a little higher quality, but like, yeah, both of those teams are up and coming and they have a pretty high ceiling. I mean, sorry, pretty high floor and their ceiling is unknown, but we'll, it's exciting to see. Absolutely. Staying in the East, Philadelphia 76ers, no Ben Simmons, no problem. Is that, is that a legit statement or, or, or are, we, are we agreeing with that statement? I, I'm going to say, I'm going to have to say false. Uh, unless, you know, as is, if the status quo holds, he doesn't play in the state of this. We're going to see why uh, a lot of these guys are bench, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, borderline starters. Uh, Embiid is awesome. Uh, but I, I think back to the wing thing, like when your big man is your best player, you need somebody to get him the ball. You need somebody to, to run sets for him. And I think we're going to see without Ben Simmons, like it's going to, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to start. Teams are going to get film and start game planning for, for the guys they have. Cork Moz is playing great. Um, some of these other guys are playing great, but can they withstand that load? 35 minutes night, you know, 82 games. I don't think so. I think they, they need to do something. Ben Simmons is not coming back. I think that's that, that bridge is burned. They got to find a, a trade to bring in help for Embiid. I totally agree. And we see it tonight even. They're getting their doors beaten off by the Knicks a little bit, now 17. 
what I worry about with the 76ers is that defense. You know, you talk about the wing getting them the ball, but Ben Simmons is arguably the best defender in the NBA when he wants to play. And you have those guys that the Steph or the Seth Curry's, excuse me, the Tyrese Maxey's, the Furkan Korkmaz, you just said, those guys aren't going to be the same defenders. They're not going to fill that void that Ben Simmons created. And I, I'm a little worried about that as well. They don't have that point guard, like you said. I don't think this team is going to be a playoff team. I think it's looking more like a play-in team if Ben Simmons just sits the whole year. Even with the trade, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't like the 76ers at all this year. And I think I'm hearing the same from you. Yeah, I just I just worry about like, you know, you got one superstar and then a bunch of pretty good role players. There needs to be a, a bridge player. Like, I mean, I get it. I know Tobias Harris is a borderline slash, you know, former all-star. But I think, yeah, you just you need some some more connective tissue there. And I just don't see it unless they, they find a move for Ben Simmons. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're quitting on the 76ers. We're moving to the team they play tonight. And that's the New York Knicks. Can they keep it up? Uh, 82 games into the playoffs. Is this tibet is is it going to be a typical Thibodeau season or are we seeing an aberration? Um, I think they keep it up because they 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 greatly upgraded their backcourt. They went from Alfred Payton and like Reggie Bullock to Kemba to I think more importantly, they got Evan Fournier. And we saw in game one, Fournier came out smoking. He is the key, not Kemba. Kemba's gonna help some. He definitely upgraded over Fournier, but I mean of uh over uh El- Alfred. But yeah, man, Fournier again, about six five, six six, can handle the ball, can play a little point guard for you, shoots the threes off the, off movement and catch. Like that's such a massive upgrade for them. And and yeah, I, I definitely think the Knicks are kind of legit. I'm with you. And the thing that I think plays no matter the situation is defense. And this team is defensively sound. They're oh, it's a Tibbs defense, so it's always elite. But fewest points in paint per game they're allowing their top five and lowest opponent shooting percentage and their top five and causing turnovers and and that's going to play no matter who who you match up with if you're wreaking havoc on the defensive end I think that makes you a legit contender no matter the conference no matter the offense that you play with I, I love the Knicks this year I think I don't think this is an aberration I, I can't believe I'm saying it but I think they're going to win a playoff series this year 100% man they they uh they might their record might not be as good they might not finish top four like they did last year but I think they're a more complete team and they're built for the playoffs so yeah man um especially if they can keep Kemba healthy and you know mitigate uh his defensive liabilities on offense uh with his offense then yeah they 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 they're definitely primed for it absolutely Knicks are legit 76ers we weren't high on Hornets we said were pretty legit and the Bulls we're waiting and seeing, but they look legit as well. Going to the player side of things, going to the player side of things, Paul George has come out of the gates smoking hot, smoking hot. Are we are we buying that he's going to lead this team to a play-in tournament, a playoff team? So my partner on the uh, Dunk Tales pod, uh, JP, he says that the <laughs> the Clippers might end up top five, top four or five, and I don't see that, but I do see them pretty solidly a playoff team, and it's going to be uh, up to Paul George. He finished, I think, top – three or four MVP voting uh, in OKC playing with Russ. And I think he's only gotten a little better. Um, he got guys to help take the load off him this year. But, you know, when it comes down to it, he's a, he's a primetime shot maker. He's almost, you know, like the consummate uh, big scoring wing. He's a step below a guy like KD, but, he, you know, everyone's a step below KD. But he's he's up there. He's like he's, he's a luxury scorer. Uh, if that defense, the Clippers can, can hold it up and, you know, they can – they can uh, yeah, I, I definitely think – I definitely think they're going to avoid the play-in. They're going to be higher than that. 
I think what Paul George is doing is legit as well. You, you mentioned it. We've seen him in a successful situation similar to this when he was with Oklahoma City. He was the focal point of that offense, top three MVP voting. He's almost 50, 40, 90 this year. I think he's going to be right around that range. I mean, he's almost 30 points a game, eight rebounds and five assists. Playing out of his gourd, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate at the end of the year. I, he's definitely going to be an all-NBA player, first or second team. I'm with you. I think it's a legit start to the season for Paul George. And I, I don't think your co-host might – I don't think he's that wrong. I think they could be a four or five seed looking at that West. It's a little weak after that one, two, and maybe three with Golden State. My thing is, uh, with Paul George, it's injuries. Every year he gets something. Uh, it's been shoulders, it's been knees, so he's probably going to miss a little time. And he, he usually goes through these funks, like a two- or three-week stretch where he, all of a sudden he can't make anything. And he, uh, you know, now he doesn't have anybody to take that pressure off him. So I, I, I don't know, man. I think, like, the Nuggets, you got the Warriors, you got the – I think the Jazzers are going to be better uh, and the Lakers ahead. So it's hard for me to see four, but they're definitely, I mean, it's a chance. It's a chance. Absolutely. Next guy, we brought up a little bit talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, but is John Morant going to be an all-NBA guard this year? Uh, the competition is so stiff, stiff man. And then uh, the competition is Steph. We got a guy like Steph, Dame, guys who are kind of already entrenched. You know, they're going to get a little bump factor of, uh, you know, kind of been there, done that. But he is, uh, if, if he's not going to keep up these numbers, I think right now he's at what, like, you know, 35, 35. And eight. yeah, yeah, it's gonna, he's gonna tail off a little bit, and you know, we'll tell off probably a lot. Let's say he ends up at 28 and seven and like six, you know, five or six rebounds. That's still incredible. So, um, if he keeps them, you know, in the hunt for the playoffs and they, you know, they, they, they have some, some marquee kind of signature wins, there's no doubt that his name is going to be tossed into that, uh, all NBA kind of, kind of, uh, level. Absolutely. I, I mean, you hit it on the head. He, he's, he's shooting almost 60%. I don't think we're going to see that at the end of the year, but it might drop to a 49 or 50%. I, he's close to like 50% from three, two. That's might be a yeah. little aberration. And he might be a 50, 40, 90 guy. It, it'll take a lot from him. I think it will be around that 45, 37, 85 range for that slash line. I think his scoring is going to be what inevitably leads him into the all NBA conversation. Cause I mean, you see Steph, take that leap with 30 a game and he's in the first uh first team conversation James Harden so yeah assists are nice but I think what he's gonna have to he's gonna have to be in that 25 to 30 points per game to be even in that conversation so I'm with you I think it's a legit conversation to have I think he's a, gonna be a top five top six point guard at the end of the year no doubts about it I love what I'm seeing from Ja early yeah, I can't even argue with you. Um, and he he takes the the best out of a like a Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, the best out of Russell Westbrook and like a young Derrick Rose, but he's like a smoother athlete. It's incredible, man. He does things with the basketball at his young age that we haven't seen before. No, he's he he almost is like a a better shooting point guard Giannis to me, just like how hard he plays no matter the situation. He just puts his head down, he's gonna make everything work. I, I think he's a little bit more skilled than Giannis, but he just doesn't have that size. So it's like the amount they care, I think I, I only see that in another one other guy in the NBA, and that's Giannis. I, I feel uh, uh, like, like they said with Russ, West, uh, with Westbrook, how he plays 100% all the time. But with Russ, sometimes it's like, you know, kind of manic energy while John knows exactly what he wants to do and what he's doing. It feels calculated every time he's got the ball. Absolutely. He's complete control. So I love it. Sticking with the young guys, Tyler Hero, six man of the year candidate. So I'll admit I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan, but I mean, when you like 
shooting is a is one of those premium skills, right? I say we talk about big wings. The, the next thing is shooting, and the guy's an elite shooter. He does it always off movement, off the catch. He's showing a little ball handling. He has really good size. Um, I definitely could see him, you know, the, with the way this team is playing, that team really shares the ball. They have multiple weapons. And so you can't really key in on one guy. And so when, like, him and Duncan Robinson are on the court, especially together, like, they're, they're so lethal, um, such quick triggers. Definitely, if he can maintain a, you know, a 20-plus point per game kind of scoring average, which I don't think he will, but we'll see, uh, then, yeah, he's definitely, I think, the front runner for sixth man of the year. See, I actually think he will maintain that 20 points per game because, like, we talked about Ja. He had an abnormal leap for that efficiency number, shooting almost 58%. Tyler Hero jumped from, I think, like 43 to 46, which I think his volume has increased as well. So those two things, the efficiency is pretty similar and his volume's increasing, and you know that man's going to shoot 10, 15 shots a game because he is not short of confidence. I think that 20 points per game is very feasible for him. I think that six man of the year award is very feasible for him. I, I think that candidacy is legit. I don't know about the heat though, but I, I do like Tyler Hero's chances to get that award a lot. I, you know what? I guess my thing is called a little bit by him saying stuff like, uh, you know, he thinks he deserves to be in the same conversation as Luca and uh, Jason Tatum. And I guess, yeah, I, I get it. I love that. I, I, you got to tip your hat for the confidence, but um I just don't see that type of player. Let's see if his defense can be a little better. Absolutely. And, and you, like you said, the, I don't know what you're supposed to say in that situation, but I don't think that's it. I'm not the biggest Tyler Hero fan in the world. I like his play style, though, because that's kind of how I play and pick up is just jack every <laughs> shot I get. So I, I like watching him play, but off the court, he's not my favorite player in the world. So I, I think that six man of the year candidacy is legit. He's going to be around 20 points a game. I don't know about the heat, but I think he'd be all right. Talk about big wings, Miles Bridges. We talked about him a little bit with the Hornets, but 25 points a game on 53% shooting. Are we looking at a most approved player candidate? Uh, a candidate, but that's going to come down. So here's the thing about these awards, I realize also. He's definitely a candidate because if he plays at a super high level for like maybe the first month and a half, he can tail off and the narrative's already kind of in there written for him and it's going to ride with them. I remember... Um, um, what's uh, what's wrong with me today? The name, the guard from Charlotte who now plays for New Orleans, Devonte Graham. Devonte shot super hot from three for like the first couple of months, like last year or a couple of years ago. And even though he only shot like thirty three percent for the rest of the year, he was known as people were saying, "Oh, what a good shooter he is." So let's say Miles stays super hot for the first few weeks. I think he'll end up more like eighteen points a game, you know, versus twenty five, maybe seventeen points a game. But that's still going to have him in the running for for uh, most improved because I think last year he only averaged like twelve, and um, yeah, man, it's he's he's uh, he's showing touch. Uh, the shooting's going to fall off a little bit. There's no way he can maintain that high level of three point shooting. I don't think. But the kid's confident. He's such a, a live athlete that I, I definitely think he's in the he's in the in the running. And, and you said it best. If he starts off early hot, he's going to have enough highlight reel dunks dunking somebody through the earth's crust. We'll be like, Oh yeah. Miles Bridges still having that good season. Like he's just going to stay in the media circle. Everyone's going to recognize that. Oh, wow. He had 25 points a game through the first couple of weeks of the season. The thing especially, with, Bridges, I'm sorry, especially if they keep winning. Right. And he's a key part of that. Then absolutely. And, and, and Lamelo's throwing them lobs and it's just going to be highlight after highlight in Charlotte. Charlotte's kind of the baby boy of the media right now. Um, so I, I think he's going to be in the eye. And, and the thing with him is 
yeah, he's 54% shooting from the field right now. He was 46% through his first couple of years of the season. So yeah, it'll tip dip a little bit similar to hero though. The only change was his volume. Hornets are using him a little bit more offensively. And I think that's why we're seeing that increase in points. I think it's going to still have that steady increase. I think he's going to be in the conversation. Now, is he going to win it? Who knows? You got guys like Shade Gilgis Alexander and some of the younger guys coming up in this league. Tyler Hero could even be in that conversation. So I think it's a legit conversation to have, but if he's going to win it, that's up in air. Well, here's the thing. Once, Don't forget when um, our guy uh, Rozier gets back too, that's going to cut into his his usage and his touches. So, uh, yeah, it's, nice. it's a nice little story, uh, but, yeah, he's in there. Absolutely, absolutely. You talked about empty calories with D'Angelo Russell. Um, give me your top three empty calorie guys in the NBA right now. Ooh, that's tough. Um, Russell's definitely up there, man. I feel like Russell's a guy, uh, you know, no matter what, he can he might score 20 and you win by 15, or he scores 20 and you lose by eight. Doesn't really matter. Just it's just a, an empty 20. Um, man, you put me on the spot with this one. Empty calorie guys. Um you got one for me? I, well, I was. Th- that's why I asked because the next guy I'm bringing up is Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon is averaging oh. 25 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists a game, and he's on the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, he's definitely. I, so I'm gonna say he's closer to legit than quit. I, I don't think he's empty calories at all. I think Malcolm is an excellent player. Um, his only issues are injuries. He can't stay on the court and stay healthy. But when he's on the court, um, he's, a, he's a good defender. He's a smart player. He's a decent playmaker. He can, he can score from, you know, all levels. He can get to the hole he wants to. I, I like his game, man. I really like him. So I, I, I can't put him in the empty calorie just because his team hasn't had the success. I really believe the Pacers' issue is that they have, a again, they have a bunch of really good, like, C and B minus level players, and they have no A plus player, and that's where they come up short. And I, I can't hold that against Malcolm. Well, you said it. They don't have that C or, or they don't have that A plus player. They have a lot of those mid tier guys. So my next question: Brogdon's having this big season off the gate. Do you think he's just increasing his value in a trade to get that A plus guy? Um, I th- I think so. I mean, I, what's his extension eligible? Did he just sign? I think it was three years. So I think because he just signed, he's not tradable. Maybe until like you know a few months. I don't know. But either way. Wait, uh, yes, I think it would behoove the Pacers to look at that. I heard talk about a Ben Simmons trade, which I think would be awesome for Embiid to get a guy like Brogdon. I just don't uh, – I think they'd probably trade uh, Miles Turner before they trade Brogdon. I really like Brogdon, man. I, he's, he's a really good player. And I, I think the Pacers would be silly to maybe move him unless they can get like a, a whale. I, I get that. The, the thing with Brogdon, it just raised my eyebrow looking at numbers today. He's only shooting 42% on 22 shots a game or 21 shots a game, which that that's the stuff that worries me when you're taking that many shots and you're not hitting on the 45% clip. I get there's not many other guys out there on that Pacers team, but it just, they haven't, it hasn't translated to too many wins, but it's up in the air for me with Brogdon. You know, every year it feels like, is he going to be this taking a step into superstardom or is he just going to still be this, third best player on the team second best player on a average team guy so i it's always up in the air with him for me 
I think if he's like the third, you know, kind of fourth, or he's like the fourth best player on a really good team, we think of him differently. I think he's maybe too much responsibility has been thrust on him, you know, in uh, in Indiana. And so his efficiency is maybe hurting a little bit. And I, if I remember correctly, though, but coming into this year, he's been pretty efficient. So right now he's not doing it. And 25 points per game is too much for him. But if he's averaging like 17 or 18 and, and you know, the pressure on him to be a scorer, I think you're you're in a good spot. He's almost like a more of a Kyle Lowry type guy than a Dame guy. You don't want him scoring too much. Absolutely. I, you know, when, I, when the Bucks didn't re-sign him, being a Milwaukee at the time, it broke my heart because, I, I, like, I, like you said, I loved what he brought to the table. He did a lot of the little things. He fills in around Giannis pretty well, and then we kept Eric Bledsoe. It was a head-scratcher, but you said it best. Injuries have harmed him, uh, harmed his career a little bit. I, so, like, I don't know. Like, he's not going to be the superstar scorer on a team. And what we're seeing in Indiana feels like an aberration. I don't know. It feels like empty calories early on. But once he starts contributing, DeMontis Sabonis kind of finds his groove with new coach Rick Carlisle. I, I could see it a little bit with what, what you're saying about Brogdon. Yeah, man, I just I feel like yeah, he's in, in the wrong role, having to carry too much of a load. So like you said, the efficiency suffers and they're not winning because they're just, you know, they're, I, I just, they're not a very good team. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, last guy on the list, rounding out here, the too legit or must quit. We have Carl Anthony Towns, 29 and nine on 52% shooting, 50% from three. Obviously he's one of the best big shoot, shooting big man ever, but we, we, I asked a question with, is this team going to be a playoff team playing team? Is Carl Anthony Towns going to be an all NBA center? Um, he has a good shot. They have to at least make the plan. I think because teams assess maybe shouldn't matter because we're talking about individual award, but I mean, the guy, he, it, it's shades of the old Kevin Love conundrum where Kevin Love put up these amazing numbers and somehow got called a top five player in the NBA, even as they were missing the playoffs. So like, that's, uh, it's such a weird thing. Again, when you're a big man, even as a shooter and a scorer and more of a kind of perimeter based big man, like you got to have guards to make things happen. And, and if they don't have the, the guard play and they don't have the, the prerequisite defense, they're not going to win a lot of games. That's what I worry about with them. No, I, I like you. I don't want to call it empty calories, but a lot of those guys on that Timberwolves team, uh, we keep saying that term, but D'Angelo Russell feels like an empty calorie guy. And Carl Anthony Towns, most of his career has kind of felt that way a little bit too. I know that's a, a, a hot take to some, but they haven't really won with him putting up those big numbers. So I don't know if he's going to be an all-NBA big man. I certainly think he's going to be in the conversation if he continues this play, though. Yeah, man. Well, sometimes it's about numbers, and he'll put up big numbers. Um, he'll have a you know forty-point explosion or two, and hit a lot of threes. And again, he'll have signature moments. So I, I think he's definitely you know once you get past guys like what we got, Jokic, we got uh, Bam I mean, Adebayo. Like, yeah, Bam. So there's not like a huge amount of competition for the All NBA when we're talking about you know if you're talking about power forward and center. Um, so yeah, he definitely he he'll he'll have a shot. All righty, all righty. You said you're a Celtics fan, right? I am, yes, sir. Jason Tatum as a first team All NBA. Do you see that leap coming this year? I know a little early, but not first team. Just because guys like there's still Giannis, there's still Kevin Durant, there's still there's still some guys. You know, I think uh, Paul George, even though they're probably like almost equivalent. Paul George is such a, such a more polished player right now. Um, but so I don't think first team. But I definitely think he'll make one. Like it's it's almost a travesty he didn't make it last year, having 27 a game. Uh, but that's that was like again the team kind of struggled and sputtered. So I get it. 
So yeah, this year the Celtics have to be better. And if they if they win some and he puts up similar or maybe slightly better numbers, he's he's going to make probably second team. I'll give him. I, I I can see it. I can see it. The Celtics. I, I, I'm scratching my head with the Celtics. Are a team I've watched quite a bit. Obviously, the point guard you let go of Kemba Walker to build around that duo of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, but Marcus Smart. Dennis Schroeder, is there a guy? I mean, obviously the Celtics, when you had Danny Ainge in there, trade rumors were going bananas, but they're still kind of going bananas around the Celtics. Is there a guy you have circled that you'd want on this Celtics team? Um, not really. So I'm 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 a big fan of the homegrown kind of thing. I love Jalen Brown. I love Jason Tatum. I love Marcus Smart, regardless of how poorly he's playing and shooting right now offensively. Um, I think right now, you know, they're two and two. But, you know, uh, Brown missed a game with, uh, you know, after, you know, the COVID issues. Uh, Al Horford missed a game, a couple games already. So we haven't seen them whole and on the court and ready to roll. So I think they're going to be a lot better this year, maybe more consistent once everything settles in, right? Early season, they're going to struggle a little bit, sputter. They sputtered a little bit. They got blown out at home. But I, I am a, I'm a believer. Um, I don't want to see – honestly, and as a fan, I don't want to see anybody move. But, you know, Marcus Smart does have a very movable, palatable contract for, you know, a reason. I can see them packaging a few of these guys. You know, they just gave an extension to um, Josh Richardson. I could I could see, you know, I can see them packaging a couple of these guys and maybe bringing somebody else in. I personally want to see how far Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown could carry the team. So I don't want to see anybody move. I totally understand that. I, I think Jalen Brown might be one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. Uh, seeing him take off that night one was awesome. I love his play style, two-way, one of the best at it. Kind of has those Paul George vibes a little bit. I, I really like what the Celtics got going on. I just, you know, I feel like there's, there's, they're missing something. I just don't know what yet. But like you said, I think it's just because Al Horford hasn't played and there's some COVID issues and Smart hasn't looked the best. So, I guess they say Smart's been uh, battling some flu-like symptoms, right? So, uh, you know, that's – I'm going to give him a few more games. I want to get everybody healthy on the court. Because you're right, something just seems to be off. There's times – like that Raptors loss was just – they just uh, – Coach uh, Udoka said it. They got punked. They just got – you know, they just got outplayed by an a inferior team. And that's that can't keep happening. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, sink or swim with Jalen and Jason. Absolutely. You brought up the Raptors. This will be the last two legit or must quit here before we get out of here. Scotty Barnes, rookie of the year. How are we feeling? Um, I feel if I took, if it was Scotty Barnes on the field, I'd probably take the field because the kid in Houston, Jalen, Jalen Green is absolutely insane. Um, the kid in Indiana, uh, what's his Duarte? name? Duarte is also up there. So Barnes, is, he's, he surprised me with how, uh, you know, he, he could do a lot. He's very versatile, not scared, really strong defender. But I think uh, I think Jalen Green is going to be the guy. He's my front runner right now because he's just – he has the green light on a bad team, and he's he's very, very skilled. So, But Scotty's been a um, – you know, I don't watch a lot of college ball at all. So Scotty's been a nice revelation for me. Uh, and yeah, the, the, yeah, I mean, he has a chance, but I, I think there's a couple other guys. A lot of times, the rookie of the year, it's about scoring, and there's gonna be a couple other guys gonna put up a lot more points. Absolutely, I just think that you know, 
you talk about that Raptors team, Nick Nurse is going to have them competing on a night-to-night basis. They'll probably be a play-in team, maybe even a playoff team. And that defensive versatility, OG Ananobi can match up with almost anybody. Pascal Siakam, Chris Boucher, Scotty Barnes now, Precious Achua. They're not going to be a fun team to play in the playoffs. I feel like they sneak a few wins in the playoffs. I know playoff play doesn't matter, but if Scotty Barnes is a big reason why, it's going to be hard to hard to ignore. So I, I like him as a – he's definitely going to be top three to me, I think. I think it's going to be Cade, Jalen, and Scotty, and, and, and it's probably going to be in that order. Because Cade Cunningham so hasn't you, played a game yet either. You think, so. Toronto's, going to make, you think Toronto's going to make the playoffs? I actually do think Toronto's going to make the playoffs. We need to make a little gem is better or something because I, they, they're not making the playoffs. Really? Yeah, there's no way they're making the playoffs. They're going, they're going to be here. I think they're going to be bad this year. Why do you think that? Um, I, I just think they are. Like, they didn't – like didn't, did they make it last year? Uh, they did like, not. What, they, they even lost Kyle Lowry. And like, Goran Dragic is a nice player, but I, I don't think they're going to be very good this year. I just – I think they'll be like that, like, what is it, seven through 11 that make the play in? Uh, yeah. I, so I think, think they're going to be 10 or 11. Like, 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 and they, they probably will win a play in game. I, I just I think Nick know. Nurse gets them up to a play. Cause, like, look at who, who do they have to beat out? The Pistons, the Magic. I'm trying I, to think of bad teams. I, now. I, have to, I have to look at the whole thing, but I, I can definitely think. I can think of eight teams better than them. I just don't I – don't, I don't believe – I guess we'll have to see how Pascal comes back. Uh, last year, I was, I was kind of disappointed in him if the numbers were good. And let's see what um, OG turned into. Because OG was playing like a – you know, like a like an all-star in the preseason. Let's see if he can keep that level up during regular season play. I, I might just be recency biased because I watched that Bulls-Raptors game. But Fred Van Vliet had about 22, and OG had 22 against that Bulls team, which we talked about looks legit. So I, I think the Raptors are going to be a competitive team, playing team. We'll see. We'll, we'll make a gentleman's bet on the side or something, and we'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll be aggravating to play, and they're, they're going to have nights when they look really good, but I think there's going to be a lot of nights. Fred Van Vliet, to me, is just too small. And obviously, uh, I don't know. If, I don't know. We'll see. How, it's, it's all about Pascal and OG to me. And and the thing I said it when we were talking about the Hornets, you got to have guys that can match up with Durant and Giannis and the Jason Tatum's of the world. And I feel like they do. Siakam, OG, Boucher, Scotty Barnes. Now uh, they have a lot of versatility. Precious Achua is a guy. So like I, on a night to night basis, they're just going to be a hard out. So I think they're going to be a, a nine or ten seed would be my best guess. My pro- my issue again is uh, like they're a team with a lot of C talent, role players, but there's no A plus guy there. Not they're, not gonna score. they're not going to score. They're not going to score. I think offensively, they're going to really grind down to a halt. And I really like, I like Kim Burke. And I like, uh, the, what's the tall skinny shooter? Uh, Chris uh, uh, Boucher. Boucher. I like them. Yeah. But as far as, yeah, as far as as a defensive backbone, they don't have a def- OG's like their best defender and he's a, a wing. So I don't know, man. I, interesting to see. Absolutely. Well, thank you for coming on, Snotty. Tell, tell me what you got in the works. Tell me where we can go listen to more of your work. Do it all for me. You can find me and my man JP on uh, the Dunk Tales Pod. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, we record every Thursday, a new new episode every Friday. We just have fun, kind of shoot the breeze about the, all things the NBA. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Snotty Drippin, homage to the great Scotty Pippen. Um, and that's uh, that's about it. Then you know I'm, I'll be you know podcast. I have a sign you know we'll we'll podcast for food, and I'll jump on any podcast that will have me. Well, well, I'll, I'll get you some food. Maybe that's a gentleman's bet on the Raptors. So <laughs> thanks for coming on, Snotty. I'll see you around. It's been my pleasure, brother. Thanks. Yep. I used to be legit. In fact, I was too legit. I was too legit to quit. But now 
I'm not legit. I'm unlegit. And for that reason, I must quit. Thanks to Snotty for coming on. Heck of an interview, breaking down who's too legit, who must quit. A lot of fun with him. Go follow him on Twitter at Snotty Drippin. He's got a lot of not there to argue. He's got a lot of fun tweets. He's Dunktails Pod. Go listen to him. Good guy overall. Look to have him back on the show in the future. We've got that gentleman's bet to hash out. But go follow him. Go check out Off the Ball Network. Go vote on the Halloween fictional hoops matchup between the Dallas Monsters and the Cleveland Stavaliers. That's it from us today here at Nothing But Airtime, folks. Let's have ourselves a hump day.